0: What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome here to our podcast number 14. You're here with Lighthouse Educator Development Project. I am Wilkie Law. I'm joined here today with Kyle Krieger. Yes, sir. And with Mr. Ben Scott. What's
1: going on, Tim? Welcome, Welcome back. We're
0: very happy to have Ben back Welcome with us. Welcome
1: back. That was an extended applause. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Was good yeah, to have you good back. Good to have you
0: back. Really good to have you back, sir. Um... So we're going to start this, as we always do, with a little bit of uh clear the air. And so since Kyle has been letting me lead the podcast and he's always been able to start, we're going to start with you this time. So ben, you have anything you want to clear the
1: air with? Been away for a minute. Back for a while. Going to make everybody smile. Well, I let my thoughts compile. You better stop laughing, Kyle. <laughs> Cause this is my own darn style. Got to keep it PG for the childrens, right? Uh, had a little bit going on. I was doing a training exercise for the past two weeks, so now uh, coming back from it, the whole thought process is thinking about what went right, what went wrong, and how to improve for later on. Okay, not trying to rhyme anymore. It's just happening. Ah, sweet. Don't worry about that. It's just boiling water. Um, And then I have a a course coming up next to move one step closer to becoming a firefighter. So transitioning from one path to another in the short term, so not leaving entirely anything, but really just one fast-paced two-week training exercise into another fast-paced two-week training exercise. you know, having to switch gears very rapidly in this two-day period, and luckily I get to record a podcast, you know, it's interesting, seeing how the mind works and how it can adapt when you don't give it any options, <laughs> it's, it's pretty interesting, so, that's what I basically have going on, you know, uh, and I tried to stop myself this time from telling myself what clear the air was, out loud, because the last three times that we've done this, I've noticed that... I had to remind myself what clear the air was. That's where my brain is at. That's how I function. Got it. Alright, so I got this hot potato. Who am I throwing this hot potato to? Mr. Law, I'm going to throw it over to a Mr. Cruget so he can tell you what he's got to say. Hot potato. Awesome, awesome. Uh, clear the air. Uh, I got to say, uh,
2: Ben is phenomenal at. Jigsawing or Jenga-ing or tetris boxes into a closet. Um, I have a friend who is spending 10 weeks in Africa, so I agreed that she could keep her stuff here. But then the bedroom she was occupying uh, was really cluttered, and I really didn't want it cluttered. So Ben did a great job of making sure everything fit into that closet, and it looks fantastic it was an
1: exceptional job on his part team effort it was a team effort
0: <clears throat> all right um, well for me I guess the, the big thing for me is um, the last few weeks I've been doing uh, curriculum writing with the team of um, specialists coaches and our program director and it really it was a true collaborative effort it wasn't a your your say my say, you know, type of situation. It was more of a what do we think is best? Uh, how do you think this works? What is your idea on this? And I can honestly say that this year was probably one of the best years as far as collaboration that we've had. And I think it was because it wasn't a it wasn't it wasn't a design where it's like I'm the leader of this. So you do what I ask you to do. It was more of a okay, here is this, here is this what we have to do. Let's see what, what's in the best interest of what. Uh, the children are going to need and what teachers are going to need because you know a lot of it is creating the assessments that, that for next year uh creating the scope and sequence creating uh clarifiers so that they can understand what they're teaching uh and i just felt this year was very rewarding and like i say when you when you get that moment you know you and i've shared these the moments where you where everything just kind of clicked really well that's what it felt like it was like all cylinders was firing off and in the process we had fun. You know, we we had a chance the opportunity to, to joke with each other, learned a lot about each other, uh, that we haven't learned in the last three years of working together. So it was just really good to um, be in that environment and see how true collaboration works. And not as they call collaboration where you're just talking about things, but you're actually working together, ironing things out, and coming to a consensus as far as what's in the best interest of your organization. So Big shout-out to my curriculum writing team um, here in Aldean. Um, I appreciate the time. So that's my clear of the air. So um, we're going to move on to our next segment, and it's our, as typical, we're going to follow up with our We
2: Connect cards. Okay, so here's a question. This is a purple variety question. What is a strange occurrence you have experienced but have rarely shared? Oh, Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, sorry <laughs> Well no, nope, nope Somebody else go first. <laughs> Somebody else has to Lay down some parameters For what can be said Cause uh, I don't want this To spiral out of control
0: A strange occurrence Experience That I rarely share I, It's kinda hard Cause I'm very transparent With a lot of things And just Um Why don't you go With this one Kyle Start this one off Cause I need to think About this Um
2: I can't... I'm having trouble thinking of
1: anything, so, uh... Is it... Is it so much... Let let me read this off again. What is a strange occurrence you have experienced but have rarely shared? Is it so much the trouble of thinking of something or thinking of something that... You actually want to mention here? that's or a, that maybe, you, it's okay, a pretty invasive question. Or that, you, question. Maybe yeah, or that you
2: rarely sh- I don't have a lot of things that I've rarely shared. I have a lot that I rarely yeah.
0: share, but there's reason that I rarely share. <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah. So, so maybe in the interest of tactfulness, no, we will... Um, I'm going to
0: attack it. I'm going to attack it because I think that one of the things that, that, that Chad even talked about when we were in New Mexico last year was that, that we get so caught up in asking the same questions that sometimes you have to ask questions gonna cause people to think. So instead of running away from it or switching cards, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a stab. Okay, so one of the things that I very rarely share, um, is um hmm, man, um a strange experience, strange occurrence. Um I guess I wouldn't really want to talk about hiding under the bed when I was out. Um, well, <clears throat> I guess the strange occurrence. Um, okay, here's a perfect one. I went over to Mexico uh, with, with a roommate, one of my roommates when I was in college, and we went to, um, went to Cancun for a week on his parents. They had a timeshare, so we didn't have to pay for the hotel. We just had to pay for our all-inclusive packaging. Um, and one of the things I'm, I'm an early riser, even if I stay up late night, I, I'm one of the ones that'll get up early in the morning, regardless. And so one morning as I woke up, I went out onto our patio, and um, I noticed that in the tree outside, there was a guy in the tree. And I mean, in the tree, not like underneath the tree, but he was in the tree. Uh, and were it, it was maybe about 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, they had just had a real big storm that came through. And I didn't understand why he was in the tree. He was just in the tree. And when he saw me, he kind of got nervous, and he scuttled down the tree, and he went away. Well, later on that day, we were out and about going down to get something to eat. And I see the same guy, and he's in a different tree by a different set of... Uh, um, little units. Well then later on we find out that oh there's a guy that had gotten arrested by the authorities there in Cancun because apparently he was peeping on people in their windows and it was the same guy that I had seen in two different trees so that's how he was able to peep in the people he would climb the trees outside of their little units and climb up and peep in them so i never really shared anybody with that because that was just kind of really odd for me experience that to see I'm staring in our window. I mean I mean I'm a guy. You're staring in my window. I mean that's kind of
1: it's kind of know how to handle
0: that one. Right. So that's my strange experience. So
2: Okay Ben's saying he wants to go last. Gosh I'm really struggling with this one. Um a strange experience I've rarely shared. Was
1: there like a, you know a cheese curd variety you ate back in Wisconsin that didn't agree with you? <laughs> No, but you can't own up to it because cheese is life up there.
2: Yep, uh huh. That's a great story. Yeah, this one time I had a cheese curd and it didn't agree with me.
1: (laughs) 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 Great, great. I I would go with that. You okay? Fine. So you didn't even give one. Law gave a serious one. I'm not going to mention any names, but, and I'm not going to go into full detail of the story because I believe both of you have heard this before, but I don't go around telling everyone. Um, I was enjoying a cerveza, an alcoholic beverage, one night in a bar, and I was backed into the corner of a booth by a girl who apparently was pursuing me. Um, this particular individual was not someone that I was equally pursuing for various reasons, right? Um, judge me if you will, audience, but the, the awkward interaction that pursued, it, it got a little bit ugly. Uh, I don't like talking about it because rejecting someone is not always pleasant. Especially when they're really putting themselves out there. And I'm not, I don't enjoy being, uh, I think that the, the role should be the other way, just in my opinion. I was raised very traditionally. Um, so normally I believe that the, the, the gentleman should pursue the lady, but um, she was coming after me like a shark hunting a tuna. Um, so I don't like talking about that one. And I I'm, don't get it confused. I'm like trying to be arrogant about it. Like, yeah, yeah, I think I'm really hot stuff. No. I'm not, I'm actually, I'm like a very deformed human being, quite honestly, which confuses the story even more, you know, it's like, why would a gorilla go after the lumpiest banana in the bunch, you know, you know where I at, Kyle, you're giving me that look I like you d- don't know, do. I'm no, trying I do. to put this in terms that anyone yeah. could understand, even a zoologist, yeah, you know? no.
2: I, I'm looking that way because I recall I actually have a good example. You recall the full story? Or, no. Oh. I, I, I actually recall the good example that I could share, which I will share There we
1: go. One. No more cheese curds. And no. Mr. Cruje, to you.
2: Okay, so uh, it must have been a couple months ago that I went outside my house and I went over to the trash can and someone in a dark hoodie happened oh. to be standing at the end of our driveway and I like totally flinched and as soon as I saw him like ran back into the house um, granted it was just someone walking down our street but he happened to just be standing at the end of our driveway right at that time I came out so it was not one of my more proud moments so yeah that's that's a good example of a strange occurrence that uh, I very rarely have shared because I'm pretty embarrassed with the way I reacted to it
1: alright so um, that's a, that's a hard one Respect for being able to bring that up for other people outside of your inner circle to hear because no one really wants to own up to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I straight up. Laughing law. I'm I'm trying to be genuine here. Hey no, no, that's <laughs> good. seriously though. Nobody wants to admit those moments of weakness and the fact that you can show some strength. Yeah. So respect. Yeah. All right.
0: Um again, big shout out to Chad Littlefield and Will Wise over at We Connect. Again, check them out. These cards are great for pretty much any type of situation. Um, again, the, the title of it, We Connect Cards, Creating Conversations That Matter. I think that, you know, one of the things that he talked about when we, when we were down in New Mexico was that too often when you get great minds in the room together, we ask the same questions. And we, we need to get away from that and actually start digging into what is it that we are really trying to find out about each other and how can we learn more about each other and at the same time learn a lot about ourselves so big shout out to Chad Littlefield and Will Wise again the website you can visit them is www.weand.me that's w-e-a-n-d.me all right so moving on from that again we're uh, in Podcast 14, and today we're going to have the topic of discussing teaching on purpose.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm we're really excited about this. Uh, teaching on Purpose is the name of one of our just workshop sessions that we do that's separate uh, from LEA, so we really wanted to uh, put this podcast out to give people a better idea of, of you know, the sessions we do, and it, it's just an extension of what we believe, so um, so we're going to start with this, and this is a point that that Will and I make, and, and Ben can attest to, that, um, and I'm going to throw this to you after I make this statement, so if you don't create an intentional culture, one will be created for you, so let's jump to you, Will, and your opinion on that statement.
0: Uh. I guess it's just as simple as, as we said it. I mean, I, I know, for example, uh, you when know, I started teaching, uh, it was pretty much jump in and flailing flail in water until I can figure out that I didn't have to swing my arms as wide. I didn't have to exert a lot of energy. I could actually just put my feet down and stand up, and the water was only waist deep. You know, it's one of those type of situations, but... Um, Buddy, you're not drowning. <laughs> it's not deep. Stand up. But I think that when you look at if you don't create it, it's going to happen. And I think for teaching, and really, I'm going to say in any environment, everything has to be on purpose. I have to go in and say, this is what I expect from my environment. And I need to set my environment up to make sure that it matches. You know, my wife jokes with me when I get ready to bake because there's a certain mood that I set I clean everything up. I make sure everything is where it's supposed to be so that when I'm baking, I can freely move around and move things and clean things as I'm using it and I'm not worried about where is this, where is this going to go, how is this going to be. And I think that when you're focused on creating anything, that intentionality, that intent behind it drives what your outcome is going to be. You can't get your desired outcome if your intention is not there. So I've read a book um, um, as a Man Thinking by James Allen. And I started to, as I read the book, it kind of reminded me, it just showed me that if I want something, then I think what it's going to be. And off that thought creates an action. And from that action, I created my environment. And my teaching was just dramatically changed. My, my ability to reach my kids was dramatically changed just from that one instance. It didn't take, you know, a whole long time. It just took that one instance of realizing what was going on. Um, so that's, like I said, for me, that's kind of where I sit with that. If you don't create it's going to be created. Now, the flip side is that you walk into your classroom with no intention, with no direction. Then your students are going to come in, and they're going to create one for you. And now you're going to have to adapt to them. You're the outsider in the environment, and you're coming in and having to adjust, make adjustments constantly based on what they bring to the table versus making them adjust to your environment. So, I mean, it's it's, it's very... It's, it's one of those essential parts of, of what you have to do if you're going to teach on purpose.
1: Yeah. I'm with... Oh, go for it. You, can, you go ahead first, because my brain went full of spectra... Spectrum, not spectral. Don't worry. I'm still mastering the English language, slowly but surely. Maybe by the time I'm 50, I'll get it. Anyways... Um, my brain went full spectrum of, like, all of society there. So before I try and explode my own brain space, Kyle, go ahead, man. Um, yeah, and, I, and this is something,
2: this, this idea of intentional classroom culture that was bred from me making this... I made this mistake. I made this mistake of not building a culture that was authentic to me. And I had tried to build a culture... But it was the intentional culture of someone else. Mm. And then once I started to break from the culture and the kids knew that the culture wasn't real, they took the opportunity to create their own culture. And it tended to be, and it will tend to be probably for teachers, one that's combative for you. Kids, you know, kids want to have a culture. they want to belong to something. Mm-hmm. And if you don't give them something to belong to or, or you know a, a method of operating in that space, then they will create their own operating method and generally speaking, it will not be conducive to what you want to do. Right.
1: Any organization I've ever been a part of, any area within the organization that did not have defined expectations, as you said, La, the, the worker bees in, the, in, a, in a company, the pupils in a learning environment, Whatever the case may be, they defined it depending on the visibility that leadership had. Whether it was a teacher in a classroom or the CEO of a Fortune five hundred company, you only have so much visibility, right? So you become reliant on your your leaders from the top to the bottom and on every level to define that criteria. So you have a principle who's not going to have visibility of every single classroom. They're relying on you to define those expectations. If you don't define those expectations like you've experienced, the kids will. If you work for a Fortune 500 company and you don't define your expectations, timelines, uh, work requirements, uh, tasks and projects and deadlines, I'll do it whenever I want, right? That's the mentality. that's assumed. Uh, and it goes beyond just hard deadlines. It, it's how do the kids feel they can interact with their teachers? If you don't define how they can interact with you, I've seen the the, the videos and the world star Hip Hop just puts them up all the time. You know, I people often talk about like that site is is humorous, but I'll see videos pop up on social media feeds, and it'll be like you know teacher getting. In the face by X, you know, 12 year old student, and there's no defined parameters, like, there's no like stopping point that's been set for that student. Like, these are the level of questions that you can have with me, and this is one you've crossed that line, right? You don't get to invade into my personal life, but you can ask me anything about how we need to learn X topic today, right? I talked to you, Kyle, about the environment that I've tried to set up with my guys, so if you're confused about how, say, we're using X piece of equipment on any given day during a training exercise, ask, because it grows your perspective, right, uh, same thing with your student, why in the heck do I have to learn math, well, let me tell you what you're going to have to be able to do later on down the road in your life, do you own mortgages, it's not exciting, when you're in high school, you're about to get hit with a, with a brick wall in the face if you aren't prepared to face these things, and if you don't realize that these basic skills that you're learning are going to set you up for success or potentially failure in the future.
2: All right, so then the second point we want to talk about tonight is, uh, coming back to you, Law, what do you think the role of authenticity is when you're trying to teach on purpose? the role of the authenticity, it, it's the catalyst
0: that's going to make it happen. Um, I can't teach based on somebody else's um, perception. You know, they say perception, a person's perception is their reality. So if I go in and I try to teach as Kyle Krieger, I don't care how much I can imitate you, I don't care how much I, can, I know your lingo or we speak the same language, I can't go in and be you. You can't come in and be me. Well,
1: it's pretty easy. You just eat cheese all day and say, Don't you know
0: A? 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 a. <laughs> no? No? In, it's it's yeah, I, I mean, that's else? exactly what that's I talk <laughs> like. That's no.
1: exactly how I talk. You can be a spy.
0: <laughs> but, I, you know, I think that, that the most important part of any situation is the idea of authenticity. You cannot. You cannot accomplish anything without being truly who you are. You know, that is... Um, I tell people all the time, I'm so transparent because I would rather you hate me for who I truly am than to love me for something that I'm not. And to me, that... In the classroom, that is the that is the bread and butter of what we deal with. It has to be that way, and there's no way around it.
2: Yeah, I mean, to, to kind of go back to what I was saying about my experience, because a lot of this came from my experience and our experience working together. If, if you create a culture that you can't sustain with your habits, so for me, like, really sustaining high levels of organization is very challenging for me. So I start out the year with high levels of organization, but as the year goes on, it, I, I can't sustain it so then those things that were I was trying to organize, whether it's papers or collecting things or grading things, as I derail or, or default from those, the kids now take the, uh, the opportunity to become disorganized with everything else. Mm-hmm. So when you can't sustain something that you said was a part of your culture and it's authentic, your kids are not just going to say, oh, I guess I don't have to do that they're going to take it as far as their mind can possibly take it. And I really feel like had I been more genuine to who I was and said, kids, you know what? This is, this is something I struggle with. I struggle with collecting your papers, grading them in a timely manner, and getting them back to you. So I need you to help me on this. So if I've picked something up and a week later you haven't gotten it back, you need to remind me that I haven't gotten it back to you. Had I approached it from that front... It would have been better for me. I could have done it in a more timely fashion. Plus, the kids would understand. Okay, you know, Mr. K is not good at this, but he's at least trying.
0: And I think it goes to show them that you're not perfect, and you're willing to admit your own fault. I think the worst thing that a lot of leaders do, uh, especially classroom leaders, is that they hide, they mask themselves as being perfect, and then they hold kids to this perfect standard. Not understanding that there is no such thing as a perfect person. There is no such thing as a perfect person, and there's no perfect school. There's no perfect curriculum. There's no perfect student. So, can I make an environment that's perfect? Absolutely. And that's the difference that that's that's being made is that when you you can't make a perfect person, but I can make sure that I create an environment that is so conducive to growth and development and being a lifelong learner that it really manifest itself in just that.
1: Yeah, well, you kind of just said something there about, um, and it sparked a thought in my head as far as a, a leader. Uh, kids often want to emulate those that they look up to. They want to look like them. I and how can you ever emulate perfection, as you were saying? You can't, right? Absolutely. So then, that makes a goal impossible. You know, you're always going to encourage kids to be the the person, the individual that they should be. Right, which is gonna be unique and different from everyone else, right? But if you're setting um, an unrealistic image of yourself as a front facing piece, then they have no target, right? And oftentimes the kid's not gonna come out and tell you that, especially in their teen years, I wanna be like you (coughs) And they might not even consciously think about it, right? But if you I can I can work up to a level of work ethic that I see in someone else so like y'all are saying if I own up to hey I'm not great with public speaking makes me really uncomfortable but it's something I have to work on and so I will work night and day if I have an event coming up I will grind away at whatever skill set I have to to make sure that it goes right Because it is not a natural skill. That is something that they can... That is tangible. More tangible for them. Work ethic is something that everyone can develop. Perfection, no one can have. I like
2: that. That's a good point. Okay, so then... Coming back to just kind of round this out and what we're talking about, like I said, this is, this is one of our uh, training workshop sessions. We would do either half day, full day, or maybe we could even stretch it out to two days depending upon the number of people and how in-depth we wanted to go. But the last thing we want to talk about on this podcast is I want you to talk about how you view the environment in terms of growing culture. Growing culture? yeah. I mean, in in reference to the the garden reference that you so often use.
0: To me, I I approach growth just like if I was a farmer. Um, I don't have a great green thumb. I have friends who have gardens who literally anything they put in the ground, they grow. And the very first thing they tell me, if you're going to plant anything, the first thing you have to deal with is not making sure you got the right plants. It's not making sure that that the, the, the fruits are going to be, you know, fruitful. you're not looking for the sweetest anything first. The first thing you're looking for is your soil. Because your soil is what accommodates whatever you're going to put in it. It's what's going to feed whatever you're going to put in it. Your culture is the same way. So when you're looking at it as far as a classroom teacher, then I'm saying I have seeds that are coming to my classroom. Every single year, every single class period, I have seeds entering my classroom. I think we talked about this when I snapped a picture from the graduation and we saw all these kids sitting with their graduation caps and gowns on and they were in rows, row after row after row and you saw these little hats individually, perfectly spaced out. And it just reminds you of what you would see if you're driving down the street or you're doing an area view of a farmer's land. You see these rows and rows of seeds. But if I don't make sure that the culture... The, the, that the ground that I put them in is conducive to their growth and their development, they will never sprout. You know, I love the story of the farmer who who bought a plot of land, planted his seed, watered his seed, and never saw any growth. So he sold the property, angry because he, he didn't see any growth, sold it to the next man, and the next man gets out there and looks at it and says, okay, he's already had these lines out here, it's already, the road's already sown, so let me just water it and see what happens. And all of a sudden, boom, he wakes up and he sees massive growth because he walked away too soon. So it's not about that immediate return. It's not about what they're going to be. Because I don't know what they're going to be. You know, I have a student who came and saw me last year who went into the Navy. When she was with us, I had no idea she would be a Navy officer. You know, that she would end up going to being in the Navy. Never knew that. You know, I had another student who would tell me, hey, Miss Law. I'm going to go to school you know, for two years, and I want to go be a police officer. I didn't know that he was going to be a police officer. I just knew that what was important for him was to make sure that he was an environment that he could grow in. So my focus is on creating an environment that, that he functioned in, and he was able, you know, it's funny when you plant. They tell you if you're going to uproot and move a plant, you don't have to take all the dirt out of it, but you have to leave enough dirt around the roots. That's a teaching point for teachers. There's enough so that when they leave you, that there's enough dirt, there's enough of what you've done around them so that when they go and sit in somebody else's class, even if what's out around them is deficient for what they need, they have enough for their survival. And then pretty soon through, through decay, through, through uh, connection and, and growing into it, it'll spill out into everything else and then they'll grow until they grow, they popped up and they move again. And then they get in a larger pot and they do the exact same thing. So to me, that's culture to me is gardening. Our job as teachers is to make sure our environment, our soil. You know, I always used to tell you you gotta tip, tip your soil's pH balance. There's certain minerals and things that should go in the soil before you before you even start planting. You gotta make sure that it has enough iron, it has to make sure it has enough phosphorus, you have to make sure that there's enough nitrogen. All these things that make the soil ready and conducive for growth. And if you don't have that, then I don't care how great your seeds are, I don't care how how expensive the seeds are, how sweet or tasteful the fruit is going to be once it's done, you're never going to see that because you were deficient at the very, very beginning. It's kind of a long... Way and the I, and way. I think to that point,
2: I think to that point you made there too, as teachers, we're all not going to create the same soil. It's it's the same as a plant. It's like you can't plant... Harvest the same things in Wisconsin that you can Mm. you know, in the Carolinas or, you know, the same things as you could do in the Southwest region or whatever. So it's, it's not like every teacher has to create this one culture, but it's about understanding yourself and and what you're trying to grow. Because also too, like the culture and the soil of a second grade classroom is not going to be the same as the soil of a 10th grade classroom. So I think not only is it understanding who you are, but it's understanding, you know, who you have and what you're trying to grow in those people.
1: How do you farm cheese? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you take the cow, you milk the cow, and then you put it in a barrel,
2: and then you put some heavy cream in it, and you just whip it. I'm
1: sorry, you what? You whip it. Whip it? Yeah, yeah the with, with the cheese. Actually, in in Wisconsin, stone, cheese actually,
2: ready. actually, cheese grows on trees in Wisconsin.
1: It really does. You just
0: okay for anybody listening to this, please do not listen to him on that note. <laughs> <Where you> at
1: <laughs> You're gonna have Listen.
0: people running around saying, "I want to grow me some cheese trees."
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> it's what it is. Kids, you can do whatever you want to with your lives. Tell me, what do you want to do? I want to grow cheese trees. <laughs> okay, you, must be, like like a, you like, must be one of Mr. I feel like I feel like you must be one of Mr. students. <laughs> I feel like that's a T-shirt we're
2: gonna make someday. It's a cheese tree T-shirt. <laughs> so, all right, well, cheese I, trees I feel like that's a, That is a good spot to end on with with your soil so um, like I said making sure that when you create your culture think of it like a garden um, what you invest into that soil before you get your kids is what they will feed off of the whole year so do you want to close this up for us sir law um, you know I love acronyms he does love acronyms uh, and as we were
0: just sitting there talking I was trying to think of an acronym for soil so for teachers, um, I would say first um, you want to make sure that your environment is right and your soil is right. Number one, let's say sow into your students. And when I say so, I'm not just talking about the content. Sow into their lives, so into the very nature of who they are as human beings. Yield, I mean, take advantage of every opportunity that you get. There's learning opportunities are ever present. Just because someone makes a mistake, doesn't don't chew their head. Don't chew their the head off. Actually, you take it as a true opportunity to learn and for them to learn and for them to grow and develop. The next one is to invest or influence either one into their lives to make sure that, they, that they're that they able to, to, to know. When I leave here, I still take a little bit of Mr. Krieger. I still take a little bit of Mr. Scoggin with me because you've invested that in me and that's part of me. And the next one, I know it may sound cheesy, but I'm going to say love what you do. There's nothing more evident about growing a culture than making sure that what you're a part of, you love it. You know, regardless of what it is, you know, I I tell people all the time, I I envy those who serve in our military because they've made a commitment to serve because they love it. They love the principles. You, You may not love your leader. You may not love... Who's in power or who's in the presidency at the time? You may not love everything about your, your your commanding officers, but you can love the principles of what you're doing. And the principles of what they what, what what your principles stand for. So so intuitive. Take every opportunity as a learning opportunity, influence, invest in them, and more importantly, love it. Love it, love it, love it.
2: And that's it. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you listening to episode 14 of the LED Project Podcast. If you're looking for us, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Facebook at Lighthouse Educator Development. If you want more information on Lighthouse Educator Academy, please email us at lea at theledproject.com. And as always, teachers out there, we appreciate you. We're with you 100%, and we will talk to you on episode 15.
1: We're going to talk, getting after it,
2: Kyle.